1: Turn your Bibles, if you will, please, to the Gospel of John, chapter 8. Uh, Dustin came earlier and read this passage of Scripture to us. We're just going to be looking at verses 1 down through verse number 11. This is the series that we uh, started back before Easter, and we've had a few interruptions along the way, last week being Family Sunday, next week being Awana Sunday. Uh, So I've got this one and one more snapshot of Jesus that I want us to unpack together, but today's message is really going to be around Jesus, the sympathetic Savior. I want you to see his mercy. I want you to see his grace. I want you to see how he's, how he's not like a lot of religious people, very judgmental and legalistic and pushing their own agenda and casting stones. I want you to get a good snapshot of Jesus here in John chapter 8. This is one of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible Uh, John chapter 8 because it's it's really how I want to live my life I do not want to be on the other side of this and I'll unpack that in just a moment where some of these religious people Were and I don't want our church to be this either I really want us to do what Jesus would do in John chapter 8 Through all of our life and all of our situations that we find ourselves in I want us to show sympathy I want us to show mercy. I want us to show grace. I want us to show love because every single one of us are sinners, right? Every single one of us, right? The scripture says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every single one of us deserve death. The scripture says, for the wages of sin is death, right? So we all deserve death and hell, but God, in his grace and in his mercy, made a way that John Cannon would not have to pay his sin debt And spend eternity in the devil's hell. And he did that through his son, Jesus Christ. That is the gospel message that we need to be sharing with everyone. Not a religious message of condemning folks. And I'm going to get more into that in just a moment. But I love John chapter 8. Okay? So I want to just call a time out today and get a little snapshot of Jesus here in John chapter 8 as we continue in this uh, message on portraits of Jesus. And I hope you find this chapter, these 11 verses, as encouraging um to you, as they are to me, that's my goal for us today is that we leave here thinking, Man, we serve a merciful, gracious, loving God, uh, and I'm so thankful for that aren't you aren't you glad we don't get what we deserve? Yeah, right? Uh, so let's pray together and then I want to jump into this message. Father, thank you so much for our time together today. Lord, we do thank you for our church family, thank you for the love that we have in the four walls of this church and uh, but also out into the community. And Lord, we just, we just want to show people that we love you, that we love them. And we're intentionally trying to pass our faith down to the next generation. That's the mission of Victory Church. And Lord, it starts with loving you and having a personal relationship with you. <clears throat> My prayer today is that if there's someone here that just needs encouraging, Lord, I pray you encourage their hearts. If there's one here that does not know you. <clears throat> As their own personal Lord and Savior, my prayer is that today would be the day of salvation for them. If there's someone here that maybe has professed you as their Savior and trusted you, but their life just isn't living up to what you expect of us as believers, I just pray that you finger around in that heart and you help that individual rededicate and recommit their life to you. Father, have your will and way in this message Uh, Give me clarity of thought and clarity of mind and clarity of speech and, and lord help me to Share some of these amazing nuggets of truth That we find in these 11 verses with our congregation this morning Hide me behind the shadow of the cross and when folks hear this message today, I pray they hear you I pray they see you not just me. I'm just the man. I'm just the messenger It really is about the message of grace and love and compassion and mercy that you've given us all we thank you for that in Jesus name we pray amen read the story sometime back of a farmer <clears throat> he had some puppies that his dog had had birthed and there were four of them and actually there were five of them and uh, he was tacking up a sign out in his yard or out by the road and he had a big farm and he's out at the end of his lane and there's a pole there and he's tacking up a sign puppies for sale we he got to looking and saw a little boy <clears throat> that was tugging on his coat jacket, and he looks down to this little boy, and the little boy says, mister, can I have one of those puppies? And he said, son, I just don't think you can afford these puppies. They're pretty expensive, and I just can't give them away. I, I just don't think you can afford them. The little boy kind of dropped his head and hobbled off away from the farmer, and the farmer kept nailing up his son, puppies for sale, and he got a small distance away. The little boy turned around. And he said, sir, and he reached in his pocket, and he pulled out some change, and he said, I have 37 cents. Can I look at one of the puppies for 37 cents? And the farmer said, sure, you can look at the puppies for 37 cents. And he let out a whistle and the dog came running, the mother dog did. And behind the mother dog, these little four little furry puppies that are just learning to walk, that are running out there with mom to go down to the farmer down the lane. The little boy's all excited. And then all of a sudden, the little boy happens to see a fifth puppy slow behind Not coming alongside with the other puppies Kind of limping and running along the best he could The little boy said that's the puppy I want and the farmer said son You don't want that puppy That puppy's the run of the litter That puppy will never be able to run and play with you That puppy can't even keep up with the other Puppies that are chasing its mother Surely you don't want that puppy. The little boy didn't say a word, but he bent over and he started pulling up his pant leg. And when he did, it revealed that he had on braces on both of his legs, metal braces running down each side of his leg and into a special shoe that had been made. And he said, this puppy, sir, will be able to keep up with me because, you see, I don't run too well myself. And he said, and what that puppy needs is someone who understands. Now think about that for a moment. We all need someone that understands. Do we not? Every one of us in this life, because of sin and the sin nature that we're born with, we're all walking with a limp. Right? There's none of us that are perfect, spiritually speaking. We need someone that understands who we are. Men and women born into this world, a sinner with a sinful nature that's in dire need of a Savior. Not a religion, but in dire need of a Savior that understands us and can heal us and make us whole. Amen? That's what we see in John chapter 8. In John chapter 8, and by the way, everyone should have sermon notes. If you don't have one, hold your hand up, and our guys, I think there's enough for everyone. Our guys will get those for you. Hold your hand up if you don't have a sermon note. We've got right here in front of you, Dan. There's some in the back, okay? Maybe if we can get several guys on Sunday morning, being sure we get all these passed out, uh, be sure everybody gets one, okay? So here's what I want you to see. In John chapter 8, the Apostle John, he paints us a beautiful picture of Jesus, this sympathetic Savior, that in love reaches out to a sinner that deserved to die, gave her a second chance, showed his grace, showed his forgiveness, showed his mercy, showed his love. Okay? So does everybody have a sermon note? Okay. All right. Here's what I want you to do. First thing, I want you to jot down a couple of things. First thing I want you to jot down is, is this. Psalm 103, verse 14. Okay? Okay? I don't think I have this in your notes. Jot down the reference. Flip it on the back. There's a place to take some notes. You need to see this verse of Scripture, Psalm 103, verse number 14. Let's look what it says. It says, for he knows what we are made of, remembering that we are dust. Guys, aren't you thankful that our God in heaven, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, he knows exactly what we're made of? He knows exactly who we are. He knows exactly what our strengths and what our weaknesses are. He knows exactly what our flaws are. He knows exactly what the areas that we're tempted in and what our temptations may be and what our sinful actions and thoughts may even be. But in the midst of all of that, here's what I want you to get. He loves you. And he loves me. And He extends mercy to us. And He expe- ex- extends grace to us. And he-, he extends forgiveness to us. I just want you to know that God knows who you are. He knows exactly what's going on in your life. He knows exactly what you are made of. And He remembers that, oh yeah, they're just dust. Right? They're just dust. I'm thankful for that verse of Scripture that I know God knows me. Right? There's nothing I can hide from him. The scripture also teaches us there's nowhere that we can go that he is not there. He is everywhere. We cannot hide from him. And he knows exactly who we are. A couple things I want you to see and jot these three things down in your sermon notes. We're going to look at this sinful woman first of all. In John chapter 8, these Pharisees bring this lady that had been caught in the middle or in in the act of adultery to Jesus. Dustin came and read the passage earlier to us. They bring this lady to Jesus. No doubt they caught her in the very act. I think possibly they never even gave her time to get dressed, to even present herself out in public. They probably drug her out half-clothed. Half naked and threw her at the feet of Jesus, condemning her for her sin of adultery. So here we find this lady now thrown at the feet of Jesus out in public that had been caught in the very act of adultery. Now, is that sin, church? Yes or no? Yes. Is that the way we should handle it? No. Right? But the religious leaders of the day thought this is what we must do. So they grab this lady and they throw her at his feet. No doubt she is shamed with all of that, right? I mean, would you not just love if tomorrow morning that someone would come and drag you out of bed and parade you to the town square and with a megaphone sit there and shout and tell everybody what your sins have been over the past week and all the horrible things that you may have thought or done? Would you love that to be exposed from the town square? None of us would, right? No matter how good a life we try to live, I still don't want my flaws exposed like that but here we find this sinful woman we find her sin yes she is caught in adultery by the way we have all sinned right i've already unpacked that romans 3 10 for all have sinned and come short of the glory of god romans 6 23 for the wages of sin is death we have all sinned so we all can relate to this woman and here she is being shamed by being thrown at the feet of jesus you know what her sentence is you know what they're wanting They're standing there with Jesus as religious leaders of the day with stones in their hand. You know what it is they want to do? They want to kill her. They want to stone her. These are the religious people of the day that found a lady that sinned. Right? She did sin. They yanked her out of the bedroom in the state that she was and threw her before Jesus and shamed her. And the sentence was, we need to stone her to death for this sin. As a matter of fact, her accusers were right. That is exactly what should have been done to this lady according to the law. According to the law, she did deserve to die. Let me read it to you. Leviticus chapter 20, verse 10. If a man commits adultery with a married woman, he commits adultery with his neighbor's wife. Both the adulterer and the adulteress must be put to death. Deuteronomy 22 and verse 22. If a man is discovered having sexual relations with another man's wife, both... The man who had sex with the woman and the woman must die. You must purge the evil from Israel. Now there's a problem. What's the problem? You know this church. What's the problem? Where's the man? Right? The law says that both of them that are called in the act are to be dragged in and stoned according to the law. So her partner was not there. They both were to die for this sin. Let's go on a little further and let's look at the critics. Let's look at their scheme. Let's look at what it is that they are doing. You need to write down they had a plan and they had some problems. Now the text tells us, if you look down in John chapter 8 and verse 3 and following, their plan, what was their plan? Were they, did, did they really care about this lady? No. They cared about their agenda, right? And here's what you're going to discover with self-righteous religious legalists of our day. They really don't care about the person. They really don't care about the sin. They really don't care about the soul of the individual. They really don't care if the individual is shamed or not. What they care about is pushing their own self-righteous agenda, right? That's what's taking place here. Now, their plan was this. We're going to trap Jesus. We're going to trap him. Whichever way he goes on this, we have him. Right? What do you think that means? Well, if he goes easy on this lady, if he does not say, throw your stones, grab your rocks and throw them at her right now and kill her, yes, that's exactly what the law, if he does not stone her, they're going to say he's going easy on the law. He's not fulfilling the law that's in scripture. And he's preaching that he has come to fulfill the law. So they had him that way. If he does decide to stone her. Now they can uh, accuse him up to Rome and say that he's starting an uprising. And then, of course, that would lead to his demise as well. So what does Jesus do? Well, that leads me into their problems. You know what their problem was? You may want to jot these down. I don't have a blank for them. You may want to jot a couple of these down. You know what their problem was? The problem was Jesus ignored them. Hello? I love this. The problem was he ignored them. While they are accusing this lady, Scripture tells us that while they were talking... That Jesus knelt down and started writing on the ground. He knelt down and started writing on the ground. Have you ever thought what it was that Jesus wrote? I wonder what it was that Jesus wrote whenever he knelt down. Now, Scripture doesn't tell us what he wrote. So anyone that says with authority exactly what he wrote, they don't have that authority to say that. All we can do is speculate because we don't have chapter and verse for this part. So allow me to speculate. Speculate. Possibly, what he wrote that shut the mouth of the critics. Possibly, he wrote the Ten Commandments, right? I mean, that was the finger that wrote the Ten Commandments originally. Are you with me? Who wrote them? God wrote them, right? Who is Jesus? He's God. 100% man, 100% God. So, he originally wrote the Ten Commandments. So it's possible that he knelt down on the ground, and with his finger, he started writing the Ten Commandments. Well, if he didn't write the Ten Commandments, maybe there's something else he wrote. Maybe he wrote their names, their individual names. Possibly he started writing with his finger on the ground. So where do you get that? Well, Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 13. You may want to jot that reference down. Jeremiah 17:13. Scripture says, O oh Lord, the hope of Israel, all that forsake thee shall be ashamed. And they that, that and they that depart from me shall be written in the earth because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters. These Pharisees knew that verse of scripture. So it's possible, I don't know, but it's possible he could have written their name and their like That's us We are the ones that have departed from the Lord I don't know if he wrote their names or not But it's possible There's a third option That it's possible that he could have written Get this It may just be That he wrote the names Of their girlfriends I don't know what he wrote But whatever he wrote He got their attention he could have written the Ten Commandments. He could have written their names. Maybe he wrote the names of of their wives and their girlfriends and their mistresses and so forth and so on. Which puts them in the same adulterous sin that they have the lady in. I don't know what it was that he wrote in the sand. But here's what I do know. They were exposed. While he is kneeling down, riding in the sand, when Jesus did speak, he said this. He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. The first one that is without sin, let him cast a stone at her. You see... Adultery is more than just a physical act that we do. The sin of adultery can take place in our heart and in our mind. It tells us in the New Testament, right? Jesus said, if you've lusted after an individual, you've committed adultery already in your heart. Hello? So whatever it was that Jesus wrote, he exposed them of their sin. Here's what I want you to know. There was a lot of shouting and condemning and ridiculing of this lady when they threw her. And Jesus, in the midst of all of that, ignores them, gets down on the ground, starts riding in the sand, possibly some of the things I've shared, I don't know. But I want you to notice the tone changed. The shouting got quieter. As one by one, the sound of what was taking place now was no longer shouting to stone her, but it was the dropping of the rocks. Did you hear that? The sound now is no longer stone her, kill her for her sin. She's been caught in the very act. Scripture says that she must die. Is that true, church? Must she die for her sin? Is it true? Come on, talk to me. Is it true? Yes. Yes, she was caught in the act of adultery. Adultery is a sin. And yes, according to the law of the day, she should die. She deserves to be stoned according to the law. But not according to this snapshot we get of Jesus. This sympathetic Savior that's filled with forgiveness and mercy and grace. And when he knelt down and started rotting in the sand, the shouting and the judging of this lady started coming to an end. And no longer was it the shouting that was being heard, but the dropping of the rocks and one by one they started walking away from the scene man don't you love that don't you love that you may tell you why i love that because i deserve this are you with me you may tell you why i love that i deserve to be stoned for my sins. I deserve to spend eternity in a devil's hell. But I'm here to tell you today, I'm not going to hell. I'm going to heaven. I'm here to tell you today, I'm not dying physically by these stones. I have been redeemed and forgiven by the mercy and the grace of God. Thank God, those that are against me, were able to drop their stones, and He has redeemed me because He is a sympathetic Savior that's filled with forgiveness and mercy and grace and love. Amen? All they heard was listen to it again, let this sink in. All they heard was. <laughs> Woo! I thought, surely I just didn't bust a guitar back then. (laughs) Didn't know which way it rolled. All they heard was the dropping of the rocks. Guys, let me get to this. This is what we need to do. This is how we need to live. Right? Hashtag say it for me. Say it again, hashtag that should be our motto. That should be how we live. Amen. We stand in no position to judge anyone, no position whatsoever. Even as pastor, when I'm out and about in the communities, And I find myself surrounded by folks that are not believers in Christ and living in their own flesh and indulging in the sins of the world. It's not my place to stand there with a rock in my hand. Are you with me? That's not my place. It's not my job to condemn and convict. That's not my job. My job is to extend grace and mercy and love. And forgiveness that Jesus offers, and put myself in the same position with that individual that is lost and living a sinful life because that's where I used to be. And just because I've been delivered from it does not put me above it, nor does it allow me to be the judge. I am not the judge, I'm just a sinner saved by grace that knows a little bit about God's mercy and His love and His compassion. For all of us. So I want us all to drop the rocks. Now here's what I want you to see for the sympathetic Savior. I want you to see that he faced her. He looked her face to face, eyeball to eyeball. He says, where are your accusers now? There aren't any, right? Where are your accusers And then, I want you to see that he forgave her. You see, this lady came to the place where it was just her and Jesus. That's it. That's all that was there on the scene now. Her accusers had left. They had dropped their rocks because of whatever it was that Jesus wrote in the sand. And they left. And now she finds herself at the place in her life where it is just her and Jesus. And Guys, here's what I want you to know. Every single one of us will wind up in that place eventually. Hopefully you already have. If not, hopefully you will soon. Where it's just face to face. You and Jesus. I'm standing there in my sin, and it's just Jesus, and I've got to do something about it, right? Jesus asked her, where are your accusers? I want you to look in verse number, where is it, verse number 11? There it is. Thank you, Phil. Verse number 11 on the screen. I want you to look at that. She says this. Go back to verse 10, if you will, please, Phil. Jesus stood up. He said to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? Verse 11. No one. Give me that next word. Lord. When she said Lord, salvation took place in her life. That was the point that she realized that Jesus was the sinless son of God. That's the point that she realized that he now is her Savior and the Lord of her life. At that moment right there when she is face-to-face with Jesus, that's the time right there that she became a believer. Face-to-face with him. They faced each other. And then look what Jesus said. Neither. Read it for me. Read it for me. Neither. Stop right there. Wow. Can you imagine this lady in her shame, half naked, caught in the act of adultery, drug out into the public, thrown at the feet of Jesus? No doubt a crowd had assembled. They're throwing the rocks. She thinks surely she's going to die. All of a sudden, Jesus kneels down. He writes something in the sand, in the dirt. They start to leave. They drop the rocks. They go away. The crowd disappears. There's nobody now. But this lady in Jesus He says, Who condemns you now? And she said, No one, Lord, salvation. He says, Neither do I. (laughs) Wow. Let that sink in. Absorb that. Church, when we get face to face with Jesus and we acknowledge him as our Lord, then I want you to know he's saying the same thing to us. Neither do I condemn you. So why in the world should we get up and turn around and condemn somebody else? It's time for us to drop the rocks. Are you with me? Man, that's good stuff. I love that. Neither do I condemn you, said Jesus. Then he gives her a mission. He says, go. And from now on, don't sin anymore. In other words, live. Live a righteous life. Put away sin. Do you think this lady was transformed? I think she was. Get this. The only one qualified to throw a stone... Refused to. Let that sink in. The only one quali- Who was that? The only one qualified to pick up a stone and stone her for her sin. Refused to. And then I put it in the bottom of that slide. Let this be our attitude. That's the kind of church I want to pastor. That's the kind of people I want to be around. Right? Hello? I'm not saying go soft on sin. I'm not saying don't have conversations and kind of let folks know what is sin, what isn't sin, and how God expects us to live. I mean, Jesus even said, go, and from now on don't sin anymore. So we got to know what is sin, what isn't sin, and how we're supposed to live. I'm not against teaching that stuff, but do not teach it condemning folks with a judgmental, Pharisee, self-righteous, holier-than-thou attitude. Don't ever forget where you came from. All of us deserve hell. Amen. So I want us at Victory Church. I want you. I want myself. I want all of us to have this attitude that we're going to drop the rocks. Right? We're going to drop them. And we're not, we're not going to condemn. There's a new Lord. She has a new life. Let me close it out with this. And band, why don't you guys come on? I want to close it out with this verse i want you to jot down this verse in your sermon notes if you haven't already second corinthians chapter 5 in verse number seventeen. Second corinthians chapter 5 in verse number 17 folks if you have not come face to face with jesus my prayer is that today you do and here's what i want you to know the scripture says second corinthians 5 17 therefore if any man be in christ He is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I love that. Do you think this lady that was caught in the very act of adultery that was being drugged through those sandy streets and thrown down at the feet of jesus with the self-righteous pharisees that were very religious leaders and powerful people of that day do you think she thought to herself surely today i am going to die did you think maybe that crossed her mind yeah it probably did as she was being drugged half naked and thrown at the feet of jesus she thought boy if these religious leaders don't kill me with this stone, surely Jesus will. But you know what happened? She came face to face. Here's the snapshot I want you to get. She came face to face with a sympathetic Savior that's filled with mercy and grace and love and forgiveness. She started riding in the sand. Her accuser walked away. He asked her, who condemns you now? She says, no one, my Lord. She came to Christ at that moment. He says, go and sin no more. Her life was transformed that day. Why? She came face to face with Jesus. I'm here to tell you today, my life has been transformed as well. My life was transformed back on November. November the 13th, 1977 is the date. That's the day I met Christ. I haven't lived a perfect life. But I have lived a forgiven life. A life filled with mercy, compassion, and love from my Savior. Yes, He convicts me. Yes, I mess up. That's what 1 John 1 9 is in the book for. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. 1 John 1 9 is not for the unsaved, 1 John 1 9 is for the believer. We're going to mess up. Right? So, what I want us to do is realize in our life, in our church, as we're out and about, just drop the rocks. I'm not going to drop it again. It may fall on somebody up here now. Let's drop it. Okay? That's the kind of church I want us to be. A church that loves people. That loves sinners. That loves every, Realizing, hey, that's who we are. <laughs> Just people that realize that Jesus has redeemed us. That Jesus has saved us that I'm clothed not in the righteousness of John Canon because there aren't any there isn't any righteousness in John Canon scripture teaches me that I'm not clothed in my own righteousness scripture teaches me that I am clothed in the righteousness of Jesus now when God the Father looks over the portals of heaven He sees all humanity in one of two men. He either sees you in Adam, which is your own sinful nature. Or he sees you in Christ, which is his son. I'm here to tell you today, I know when God looks over the portals of heaven, he sees me in Christ. Do I deserve heaven? (laughs) No. Do I deserve to be forgiven? Do I deserve to be stoned? Yes. But thank God, Jesus extended mercy and grace and love to me. And I stand up and look around. My accusers are gone. Because I came face to face with Jesus. And now I'm clothed in His righteousness. Matter of fact, somebody make a note of something. Make a note of this. Firstborn. When I die, And I'm laid out here in a casket. Seriously, I'm serious. Right now, you are my witnesses. And I'm laid out here in a casket. I want somebody to get up here and preach John chapter 8 to whoever's out there. You got it? All right. Paul may know something I don't know, right? (laughs) I want somebody to say, hey, he lived a life of dropping the rocks. Right? He wanted us to do it. He wasn't perfect, but He is in Christ Jesus. Right? Preach this message. It's not about being religious. It's not about being baptized. It's not about being a church member. It's not about even taking communion. Should we do all those things? Yes! Many reasons why we should do all of those things all about having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and knowing Him as your Savior coming face to face with Jesus as this lady came face to face with Jesus in the midst of our sin they called Him Lord and was saved and He said go and sin no more church let's drop the rocks let's just try to bring people face to face with Jesus extend mercy compassion, grace forgiveness, love let the Holy Spirit take care of the convicting and the drawing you can't be saved unless the Holy Spirit's doing that anyway that's another theological lesson we'll get into one day you can't be saved today just because you think you want to be saved today you can only be saved, that's part of the job of the Holy Spirit read it, John 14, 15, 16 three chapters dealing with the works of the Holy Spirit He draws you to himself. He convicts you of your sin. He writes in the sand to help you take a look at your inward man. And he draws you to himself when when you realize that you are empty and you're hopeless and there's nothing that you can do. That's when we come face to face with Jesus. That's good stuff. All right. You preach John chapter 8 when I'm laid right there. All right. Why don't we stand up together? Let me pray for you. Look at this last question I have here. I think I even have this in your notes. I can't remember. Will you bring your life to Jesus and let him make it new? I invite you to come to Jesus Christ today. Let's pray together and then Tyler's going to dismiss us in a song. Father, thank you, Lord, for our time together today. Thank you so much for John chapter 8. Thank you that this lady caught in the midst of her sin that deserved to die came face to face with you received you as her savior and her lord you commanded her to go her way and sin no more and the rots of her accusers they dropped one at a time and started walking away god my prayer is today if there's someone here today that does not know you as their savior that today would be the day of salvation maybe someone needs to rededicate commit their life to you Maybe someone just needs encouragement today to know that you're a God of mercy and love and forgiveness and compassion and grace and sympathy. Help us never to forget this amazing snapshot of Jesus in John chapter 8. Have your will and way in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you all.
0: Well, thank you for joining us for this lesson from the Word of God. We know that the truth you've just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360 or you can email us at victoryfwb at gmail.com. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email, call, or send a request at 223 Scott Troy Road, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.